Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. Hello and welcome everyone to the Shift with CJ podcast. Today's podcast I'm super excited about because my guest on the podcast, I met her about two weeks or three weeks ago at the World Biohack Summit, but I've known about her for the longest period of time. And as soon as I met her, the first thing I wanted to tell her is like, we need to sit down after this thing is over. And today I found that chance. So I'm really grateful. My guest on the show today is a naturopathic doctor. Her name is Simone. Let me try to get this right. Simone Labosher. Yes. <laughs> okay, I got that right. And she's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to health, wellness, you know, fertility, even the C, the big C word. And um, today we're going to explore her journey on how she got here, even founded an amazing, amazing um, wellness company, which has now gone global. And I'm really excited to know more about this. So Simone, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's my pleasure. Honestly, I've um, we've had a few people that we know in common. One of them is Jonathan. And Jonathan, which was one of my colleagues in the World Biohack Summit, he kept telling me, you have to talk to Simone. You have to talk to Simone. And I was like, yeah, I would love to. So, But we'll just do it after so I can get her whole attention. And yeah, thank you for coming. So Simone, tell me, you have a fantastic story. Like your story is so inspiring for, and like we were talking offline, it's not gender specific. It's inspiring for both men and women because somewhere or the other, we always find ourselves in situations that we don't want to. And that most of the times our minds, our hearts, our spirit break, but you found a way to sort of hack it. So please tell me, how did you get to where you are? Let's rewind from the beginning. <laughs> well, it's quite a um, it's quite an intense story. So I am half Australian, half English, and I was born in Australia. And I did finish school and did my first university degree in science and nutrition. But unfortunately, uh, in my twenties, I attracted a I often call him the bad egg. And I had a very violent, uh, the beginning of the relationship, the first three years was amazing. And then we got engaged and and organized to get married and moved in together and all of a sudden everything changed. So after three years of having a great life and he's a super sweet guy, everything changed and he became very violent. And I think with domestic violence, when you've had three great years, it's a slow fade, it's a bit of control, it's a bit of verbal abuse, it's a bit of a push, it's a bit of a punch. And then after three more years, it became so violent that I've got three missing teeth. So I finally had the courage to tell my parents because he told me he'd kill them if I told them. That's all part of the control. I now know that. <laughs> and then my young self uh, really believed that he would hurt my family. And I finally had the courage to tell my parents and they helped me uh, escape to England uh, where I already had my first degree, so I was able to to start working as a nutritionist and naturopath. But I I decided that I was in such a mess 
myself because coming out of that trauma, I had anorexia and then that led into bulimia because when I started to try to eat, I couldn't eat and I had binge eating. Can you please uh, define anorexia and bulimia for the listeners who might not know? Sure. So anorexia is whereby you starve yourself and you overexercise. So I would um, maybe eat an apple a day uh, with lots of tea and coffee. That was about it. And water. Oh my God. <laughs> That's like the supermodel diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I treat many of those uh, and help them get well. Uh, yes, yeah, so I didn't eat much. I exercised a lot. And it was it's all about control because you feel so out of control in your life. You restrict uh, and, and it's a form of punishment because you have so much shame and guilt associated with being in that relationship. How could I have stayed so long? How could I have believed his lies? Da, 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 da. So your own self-worth and self-confidence is destroyed. And I'm quite a... I'm quite a tough cookie. Like I'm I even, t- it's amazing when I got out of it, I'm like, my gosh, how did that happen to me? And people who know me back then were like, how did you become such a doormat? We just didn't see it coming. But when it's really gradual and like a leaking tap, you all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? So that was the anorexia, starvation, and heaps of exercise. And then when I started to eat, um, it was almost like because I was starving, when I did eat, one sandwich became five or one piece of pizza became the whole thing. So I would start binging. Then my stomach was so small, I'd feel so uncomfortable that I couldn't stand the feeling of being so full. So I used to make myself vomit. That's mm-hmm. bulimia. So where you're starving and then you're in this like two weeks of starvation and then you binge and then you can't stand the feeling because you're freaking out because physiologically you feel, you know, like you're going to explode. So you end up on this horrible cycle of starving and binging and purging. So that's what we call vomiting. It's purging when, you, when you're bulimic. And then I, st- I was using food as a drug and I went to a therapist in London every Thursday evening and I used to go and get drunk with my girlfriends after that mm-hmm. because of what I was talking about was so painful, I would go out and get drunk just to get to, to deal with what I was talking about. So then after about six months or about four months, I suppose, I was like, this is not working for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I need to find a different type of therapy. So in that whole process of, of working with this psychologist, I'm like, okay, that sort of talking therapy doesn't work for me. It could work for many other people. I basically called myself into my own office and I sat myself down and I thought, right, if you are my patient, what would I do? So I took a step back. I looked at myself holistically. I developed my seven pillars of wellness, which were allowed me to put certain anchors in my wellness journey which I could hold on to with dear life and then start the healing process. So that was nutrition, but I stopped starving and binging. I looked at food, how can I nourish versus how can I hurt myself or, or starve or, or restrict. And then I thought about my exercise. I changed my exercise. I got off the treadmill like a lab rat. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, my, my now business partner in another company, we have Welco L. McPherson who's actually a supermodel, she's the one that called me the lab rat. (laughs) (laughs) Were you one of those ones where like never-ending cardio machines all the time? Yeah, Yeah. like, you know, 14, 15 kilometers an hour in a hypoxic chamber in the middle of London, up in altitude, just 
and then doing emails at the same time. I mean, just insane. Mm. Uh, and she's called the body. So I'm like, if I need to get advice from somebody, you know, the body. So anyway, she said, yeah, stop being the lab. I started to actually get out of the gym and just connect with nature again, mm. ground, you climb mountains, you know, get out into forest, things like that. So I changed the way I moved my body and I stopped using movement as a form of punishment of what I ate the day before because I would run myself into the ground because I'd eaten. And even if I'd purged and I'd got rid of the ice cream or the chocolate, the shame and the condemnation of me doing that, you know, the perfectionist rises up, just, I can't believe you've done that. You're supposed to be a nutritionist. What a fake, what a phony. And you mm. get all this inner, you inner voices critic. in your head. Yeah, the inner critic. Oh, she's savage. So mm. I started to, you know, look at my movement and get into my body and use breath work and, you know, saunas and cold plunging. I mean, this is before it became a thing. This is like, you know, 20 years ago. And I looked at my environmental toxic load. So I cleaned up all my deodorant and, you know, my skincare. So I wasn't using hormonal disruptors because I ended up with thyroid issue as well because I obviously had no voice mm-hmm. and I couldn't communicate. So I went on thyroxine. Then years later, I cured that. So I did that with one of my rejuve supplements. I don't take thyroxine anymore. So I looked at that sleep. I was so busy staying up late, binging, purging. I promised myself that I would get into bed an hour before midnight. So I really started to try to sew into my circadian rhythms and let myself heal and rest. Um, Body balance. Oh my gosh, I couldn't have anyone touching me. So um, even some friends of mine, if I met a guy and I had a male friend, Mm -hmm. they'd be like, don't ask her out. She will bite your head off, you know, mm. because I just was like, my nickname was Stiff Arm, but all the boys were like, no, no, no. Not her. No. <laughs> you know, go for coffee or be a friend, but don't even think about romance because she will go for you, you know? Yeah. So I couldn't have anyone, you know, I, was, I said I was never getting married back then and then I couldn't have, I so I knew I needed body work and I need to help my fascia release the trauma, but I couldn't have anyone touching me. So I started with reflexology. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have acupuncture with the needles. I had that once and I just literally cried so much. My ears were waterlogged that I couldn't have the needles as well. It was just too much. So I started with reflexology and that was transformative for me. Mm. So I did the body balance. Um, and then I couldn't find supplements that I needed. So or they're all synthetic. It didn't work. Or I knew I needed to reset four main pathways I knew I needed to cleanse and um, open up my detox pathways with uh, my liver and gallbladder and I had a lot of trapped anger, mm-hmm. so that had to go with the liver as well. I uh, had a lot of um, blood sugar irregularity because, you know, one piece of chocolate became seven bars. I knew I had to balance my blood sugar levels. I knew I had to reset my metabolism. My metabolism was totally destroyed from the um, starving and binging and I knew my lymphatic system was absolutely struggling. So I went on a quest to then, I started formulating, Uh, you know, I moved to London in 1998, so a long time ago, and I only started to formulate my own line that's gone on to now be over 35 products, you know, supporting practitioners, supporting patients with, you name the health condition, um, purely because I was trying to get well. And uh, it wasn't a business decision where I thought, oh, I think I'll now be a nutritionist and do my Mm -hmm. line of supplements. It wasn't, it just didn't come from that place. I was desperate to get better and um, and I just couldn't, the cravings were so strong. Even when I would try to eat healthy and salads, I'd never lose because my metabolism was absolutely destroyed. My liver and gallbladder, my lymphatic, I was holding so much water. I was like 15 kilos more than I am now. 
I was just completely, my whole system had stopped. So uh, that's why I started to supplement, uh, to invent supplements. And then, yeah, I, I healed myself. And then last but not least was the mindfulness. Um, many, many years ago, um, I read a book by one of my mentors now who um, actually is a lecturer at Unix. I'm doing another PhD in neuroscience, Dr. Bruce Lipton. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book moons guy. ago, yeah. uh, Biology of Belief. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I found uh, a lot of – I actually had an interview with a journalist in Australia a few months ago and she said, but how – But ha- come on, how did you get healed? Like, come on. Spill, mm. spill the tea, as my, one of my kids would say. Come on, mama, spill the tea. What's I going on? I normally say give me the hacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so the hacks. So basically for me, I, in addition to my seven pillars of wellness, I had to look at myself and I had to start to get those seven pillars in place. I had to find supplements to reset those pathways that I'd accidentally destroyed. But for the trauma, I really went on a mission to find me. And with that process, I found God. So God's source, doesn't matter how you label it. I found spirit and I found, and I, and I had a direct relationship and I really started to pray and listen to who does God say I am? Who I, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm above and not, I'm not below. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. And, and I had this real awakening of the universe telling me, rise daughter of Zion. Mm-hmm. This is who you are. And this doesn't come from the book, I assume. Ah, uh, no. So the book, no. So the book allowed me to start to think. Ah, oh, there is it because I didn't have any concept. I went to a Christian school. Mm-hmm. But I'm like a oh, source, belief, connection. So then I opened myself up to that connection. So the book was the catalyst. I knew that every emotion I had affected me at a cellular level. I knew I had a choice of how that affected me to trigger me or not, whether I react or respond. So I then realized, oh, I'm in control. Oh, wow, there's a universe. There's, there's a God or a universe out there which mm-hmm. loves me and is for me. Man, yeah. that's new. And it's not out there to punish you. In yeah, guilt, you know, and, and religious yeah. hoo-ha. Um, God bless the religious ones. But it wasn't about guilt and condemnation of me making bad choices. It was a universe who was all loving and, and was, was just here to scoop me up and to, and to help me. So as I said, it doesn't matter how you – label that it's your truth and I say to my patients your truth is your truth you can label it any way you want but it's about you connecting with you coming home to you and you connecting with source whatever that looks like to you because that is your personal um your personal right to have your belief no one should impart their own belief and force that kind of religious stuff on each other I think that's really not not very healthy so yeah I found so in addition to all of that I, my spirituality, for want of a better term, and my connection to God and the universe started to grow. My spirit man, so my physical body got healthier, my mental body, my emotional body, and my spiritual body. So all the parts of me were actually starting to heal. So I think, you know, even if you don't have a belief in source, you can just do mindfulness and you can actually come back to you and and renew your mind. Um, Everyone's journey is different but I think at some point you have to include the mind and you have to at least come home to yourself and connect with your own spirit um, even if it's not something you believe in external to you amazing and this gives my mind another question how 
So for someone who is not maybe very spiritual and they're maybe not connected and they want to try to explore this inner dimension, which is quite boundless actually, because it could be super deep. What are your top hacks or tips or tricks for someone who wants to explore either spirituality or just get in touch with themselves? Well, I think that book, all, it's, an, it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, and you've also, he also wrote the book, The Honeymoon Effect. I mean, there's so many other authors as well who, are, who you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza and so many who are also lecturing us at uni. But if step one, if you realize that we're 100 trillion cells, even though we seem quite solid sitting here, even our bones are a cluster of cells, if you understand at a cellular level how you're made, and you understand with the mitochondria and the way our electrons and protons work that we are energetic beings. And we, I mean, ultimately, we're electrical before we're chemical. If we don't have an electrical charge in our heart, we're all dead. Mm -hmm. So if you can, it doesn't have to be heavy, but if you look at the science of how we are energetic beings, and if you then um, read something like that book where you go, okay, so I do have a spiritual component. Then you can go on your own journey discovering what that means to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the really healthy part that you hold it lightly and then you pray to God, source, whatever it is, and just just ask, show, show me show me who I am. Mm -hmm. Who do you say I am? Like instead of all the conditioning and the negative and traumas and things the world says we are. So it's also about like looking at life and the possibility of life as a seeker, because once you're, mm. once you're a seeker, then you become more curious and you're open to more possibilities. Yep. And I also think sometimes when we are, whether it's religion or whether it's, um, you know, some information that someone's given you, our mind does a, or our intellect does a very good job of recycling information all the time. Mm. So whatever we are, it's all about what we have read or the impressions that we have got. And this shapes our intelligence and intellect but there are other dimensions to the mind which go beyond intellect. Yeah. And the unfortunate part is in today's world and a world which is more focused on the science of economics, I would say, <laughs> where you know everything for us is profit, loss, economy, what's GDP and all of those things. Yeah, and intellect is good for that, but that's not the only thing. There are other dimensions of yourself, other dim higher dimensions where... Your intelligence won't take you there, but you have to rely on something else, which could be source energy, could be the cosmic intelligence, could be, I mean, the same intelligence that powers this whole universe is the same intelligence that powers you. Yeah. And if you can get in touch with that, with either, you know, understanding that you have the capacity or the capability, this could be like a game changer for people because trust me, and I, I'm sure Simone would agree that you don't need, you don't need like, bunch of healers or a lot of people or you know you have it in you is just how do you get access to that sort of uh, power inside yeah. yeah i totally agree i think um when i was lecturing at the biohacking the other day um i often use the phrase about the best version of you but it's not this somewhere in in the universe out there is everyone striving for the best version it's actually allowing yourself to come home and allowing yourself to integrate all the parts who are wounded and to love the binge eater or love the, the angry one or love the wounded one. And uh, and that's where I had the aha moment. I realized that I was in this battle between the perfectionist and the rebel. Mm -hmm. And I was I was in a washing machine of a tug of war. 
And then when I had a revelation that actually, oh my gosh, I'm driving the bus, they're just parts of me. And every part of me that's broken is welcome at my table. I will be the mama bear. That's beautiful. I will parent these children. I will bring them home. I will restore what my parents couldn't give me and they're great people, but, you know, they did the best. But I can go back and parent every single part of me which is broken and I can bring her home. And that is the best version of ourselves when we can have unconditional love and understanding for ourselves. We can obviously do it for other people. Mm. (laughs) That's easy. But to do it for ourselves is hard. And I think just coming back to that place of befriending yourself. And I made a decision all those years ago. I've got a beautiful friend called Sarah. We call her Sezi. And um, shout out to Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah Glover. And uh, I thought, and she's such an encouraging, beautiful friend. I met her on a bus traveling through Uganda to meet our sponsored children. So we, Mm. I was doing a lot of work, particularly when I, before I was married, because I was never getting married. I'm like Mm. the next mother Teresa, sign me up. Philanthropy, Mm. entrepreneur, save the children, save the whale, you name it, that's me. And I met her on a bus, yeah, traveling through Uganda and we just clicked immediately and we became very close friends. And um, yeah, and and so she was always, and still is such a great encouragement to me and uh, and um, I thought, right, uh, I, my own internal dialogue is really toxic but I have this beautiful friend who speaks life and encouragement to me so actually I'm going to choose to speak to myself like Sarah would mm-hmm. and just that's what I encourage my patients to do as well. It's hard, like love yourself more, book a facial, have a mani-pedi. I mean, mm-hmm. pff, what does that mean? It's hard. Whereas if you think about an existing friend who you love and you both have a really healthy relationship, you can use that as a blueprint to then come home and to find you and befriend you. And that's also takes you on a spiritual journey between you and you, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's, that's, uh, that's powerful as well. So we oftentimes do so much for other people. And some of us have this, um, neural networking or like energetic systems that we want to give so much more to the rest of the world, whether it's our parents, kids, lovers, or the society. But you're right. We forget the most important part, which is ourselves. And even if you have to tell, I love you to someone, it always starts with an I. So if you cannot love yourself, Mm. there is a very big chance that you will not be able to give the right amount of love to others. There will be somewhere or the other, you might have like a mismatch. And then if you have self-compassion for yourself and you understand whether it's, you know, booking a mani-pedi or, you know, treating yourself with something or, you know, buying yourself a gift or celebrating some of your small wins, only when you're able to kind of be in that zone where it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter validations, it doesn't matter from other people, it doesn't, the environment doesn't matter, but you're able to shine by yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the time you can bring that light into other people's lives. And that's when they will start appreciating it. Because if not, you're just going to, it's going to take some time, but trust me, people will get <laughs> burned out and you know, that doesn't work for anyone. So I'm glad we spoke about this. So seven pillars of wellness. Can we go over them? Sure. And I'll just, one thing I'll say on that as well, um, before we move on is that, um, Many of us are empaths, you are for sure, Uh, and we can give ourselves empty and 
even though our heart's in the right place, we can leave ourselves empty. So I think also as an empath, we do need to do something simple as what I do. Every morning and I, I prayed over my kids as well. And if my mm. husband normally doesn't do it, I do it for the whole family. And I just imagine that any energy that I've picked up, mm. I release and let it, the universe will take it wherever I need to go. It's not mine to hold. Mm. And any energy that I've given out, which was in a good intention but actually you know, belongs to me, I bring it back and I restore into myself. And then I just imagine all my seven energy centers are healed and I'm whole. So I do that morning and night because otherwise, particularly people like us who are empaths, we can end up getting, it's like, what's that phrase? Is your wellness company making you sick? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like one of those things where a lot of people in this world, if they fail at something, they suffer their failures. Yeah. But there is a high number of people that become successful and then they suffer their success. So, you know, at any point of time, that's the thing. Even if you're, you're an empath and you're trying to do something good, you want to make sure that because failing is easy, right? So if you're, <laughs> if you're terrible at it, it's fine, but being successful is hard. And while you're successful and you're not and you're still suffering, that's pure inefficiency and you don't want to be inefficient. Amen. So yeah, that, that's a cool uh, thing. Yeah. It's something simple and anyone can do it as it's not religious or spiritual it's just a matter of energy release giving away what doesn't belong to you returning what does belong to you simple as that and that's also a nice practice which mm -hmm. anyone can do and it doesn't mean to be attached to any sort of belief process so do you do this after you check your instagram on the morning or before that because most of the people will wake up and check instagram so no, i'm really good at that so um so i uh, have a little ritual in the mornings where i as soon as I wake up laying in bed, I just lay there and I marinate in gratitude. Because mm -hmm. we now know with neuroscience, with neuroplasticity, you have to think it and feel it. So, and I always leave my phone, even for us as a family, the phones are always in our office or quite a significant time, you know, uh, at least a room away from us. Mm -hmm. Plus we turn our Wi-Fi off at night and blah, blah. And so I never have my phone as my alarm, mm -hmm. but even alarm, I will use it, you know, traditional alarm clock or whatever. So I'm really, I got good at that many years ago mm -hmm. at um, making sure I don't get on the Instagram. I probably won't even look at the Instagram till lunchtime. Mm -hmm. So yeah, because that's uh, so, oh my gosh, spirit of comparison. Also too, I was talking to this lovely lady I did a, did a um, Instagram live with today, Natasia D'Souza, who's here. <coughs> she's amazing with emotional eating and she's a weight loss expert and she's lost 65 kilos in her journey. Anyway, she's really great. And she's, um, and she was saying how it was so refreshing to meet me because, uh, you know, we did the urine test and I said, told her what she needed. And, and she said, it's so refreshing. You didn't just ask me to have coffee to flog me your products and pay me to act as someone as a uh, endorser. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, you had eating disorders. I had eating disorders. I've seen you. I think your story is amazing. I'd love to refer some patients to you. I think the emotional work you're doing is great. No, I'm not here to flog a product. I'm not here to pay you to endorse my product. I was so shocked. Often my husband says, how are you shocked about such things? I really am as a human shocked that, you know, big well-known brands here, uh, and I'm sure it happens all over the world. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, it's all about transactional stuff uh, most of the time. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I'm 50 and I should probably be wiser, but I just, I was so taken aback. She's like, oh, it's so refreshing. And I said, oh, my gosh, that has just never even crossed my mind as yeah, how I would work. This is your normal life, yeah. You know, that I would be, oh, gee, you've got a good Instagram following. Can I 
you know, I, anyway, I just found that to be quite shocking. So take care of what practitioners you choose, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with, with um, not one here because we're authentic. But, yeah, when it comes to back to the question, I digress, but the seven pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, I like, we at Rejuve Wellness, um, our company is uh, global and we don't claim that we can treat everybody. And because of my struggles and my trauma, I wanted to create something which was free because a lot of people maybe just need to be pushed in the right direction and they can do an amazing job at finding their own healing journey. And I think it's, number one, not good if you have a patient too long because I think you're supposed to reset the imbalances, help them heal, put them in balance so their body can heal themselves and then give them the toolbox so they can then keep themselves well. That's kind of what we're meant to do. So I don't like to keep patient on for too long. And then there's a lot of patients who could never afford to come and see me. That's fine. So I've always worked in private medicine. I didn't choose that. That's what I did after university. And that was my career path. It wasn't even on purpose. But the whole point is when you've gone through a dark night of the soul, when you've gone through horrific health issues, then I wanted to create a protocol that I could put in someone's hand. Even if people say we're crazy for giving it for free. I don't think so. You know, I, 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 I know suffering and I can't stand suffering. So it's our seven pillars of wellness. You can do our free quiz at rejuve.co.uk. But we also have now rejuve.ae because mm-hmm. we're now local here. In Abu Dhabi, and, correct? Yes, we're based in Abu Dhabi, but we just moved the business to Dubai. So we as a family are Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. but the business is here in Emirates Towers. That's our head office. So And our warehouse is here and everything is – all our supplements are distributed from here. So the business is – just makes sense to have mm-hmm. the business here. Um, so, yes, we wanted to create something where I could it could be free and we could help someone look at the seven pillars, so nutrition, supplementation, um, movement, mm-hmm. body balance, making sure your skeletal structure is in place because if it's not, even if it's texting neck or if your posture is really bad, there's not enough space for your organs to function. Mm-hmm. So make sure, so, you know, structurally you're good. Environmental toxic load. I mean, the average woman puts on like 500 chemicals on her fa- on her body every morning just to go to the office. Crazy. Um, environmental toxic load, sleep, of course, and then, of course, mindfulness. So this quiz is great because it'll help you articulate your top three areas to pinpoint, and then it gives you hacks mm-hmm. on how to improve and support those three pillars. So that's the first thing I created. And then I created our home urine test kits because I thought, gosh, having sent everything off to the lab, it's super expensive, it's time consuming, not everyone can do that. So I went to the lab and I thought, right, what can I get tested in your urine? And it's at the moment, it's taking the lab, you know, two or three days. But what biomarkers could I put on a urine stick? I'm like, well, if the normal GP can do it for diabetes or for ketones, why can't we do it with other markers? Mm -hmm. So I had these uh, tests created for us, which looks at your inflammation, your mineral status. It doesn't tell you what mineral, gives you a blanket Uh, reading, and then you can boost them. And if it doesn't work, then you can do a blood test. You know, gut function, looking at organic acids, overall bacteria. I won't tell you have a a cestode, trematode, legs, no legs, protozoa. It'll tell you overall bacteria. Okay. Let's Mm -hmm. just change the balance of power in the gut with our paracleanse or candidagon capsules, and we re-inoculate with some, you know, some probiotics. So we invented these tests as well. They're inexpensive. They're... um, uh, 250 dirham for two tests. You can do it at home. You do them at home. You buy them online. Uh, you send in a photograph. 
uh, we analyze it for you and we tell you what supplements you need for you. And it's so great too because we do two in the pack because you want to, no point telling someone, oh, here are your problems. You want to kind of get together in about six weeks' time and say, oh, my gosh, all of that is balanced. Now you just need to do these two things or this one thing. So I invented those as well so we could help more people and they wouldn't need myself and my team as practitioners. And a lot of people, you know, do so well with that. Plus we have our packs, whether it's a metabolic reset pack, immune pack, gut brain, men's health, women's health, kids' health, whatever it is, you could just go on there and go, okay. And then with that, also we always get told we're crazy, but with that I include the free wellness plan with all the seven pillars, with all the hacks that you need to marry together with that specific goal so you walk away with a protocol as mm-hmm. if you've seen us. You haven't seen us, but it's putting you in the right on the right track to go in the right direction. So um, we added that in as a gift, as I said, because, you know, when you've gone through suffering, you mm-hmm. cannot help. But yes, you're treating patients here, but you can't you can't just treat patients here. You have to always be, you know, helping those less fortunate. Mm-hmm. And the, so everyone can be well. It shouldn't just be this elite thing like, you know, when we treat the UK royal family or when we went over to treat the Kardashians. I mean, really? No, the average person really needs us. And um, and I think also on top of that, uh, you know, having a heart as far as me growing um, the seven pillars, as I said, and just a little side point on that and helping people. There's something very powerful for you when you to, to kind of go back to your your point of finding your spirituality, of finding a charity or something that resonates with you, and and being you know not just a handout but being a hand up. Choosing a charity where, like, we have our own orphanage in India in Wadangal, thirty little girls near Hyderabad. And it's a never-ending open door. We have 30 girls. We've had many graduate. Some are politicians now. Some are police force. Some are teachers. Some are, we're doing microfinance and doing businesses, little micro businesses with them. Uh, it's also something whereby that if you've got depression or anxiety or something in you and you're really struggling, that alone of helping someone less fortunate, you don't have to go to India like we do. You can just find a charity, I can mm-hmm. give you many ideas. But I think that is a little component as as because as humans, I think that little bit is important as well, that we do think about something bigger than ourselves. It's it's beautiful. And this just reminds me of one thing. Before I started my company, Biohacking, I also wanted to make sure that we looked at the science of longevity and we looked at uh, you know how can we reverse the age of our consumers but we didn't really want to stop there. We wanted to take it a step further and see how can we reverse the age of the planet. So mm. within for our company, we identified three main things. One was oh. carbon emissions, mm. which is, of course, you know, polluting the environment. You know, they say that we've cut down 85% of almost all um, photosynthesis making plants all over the world. And, you know, <laughs> life today exists because of oxygen And um, just because we were able to figure out some microorganisms were able to figure out how to make oxygen. So anyway, so we have carbon emissions, then we had um, hunger and um, water stress. So Mm -hmm. these two things kill a lot of people. And unless we support the longevity of the planet. So right now, if anyone goes to our website and buys anything, regardless of what ticket item it is, we always plant one tree donate one full day of meals 
and provide access to one year of clean water for one person. Love it. That so, is absolutely and I was, brilliant. And when I was doing this, everyone's like, oh, it doesn't, you know, profit and loss doesn't make sense. All this. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, even if like at the end of the day, one thing that I really want to be having like in the back of my mind is that this company or all the effort that we did actually brought either a smile to someone's face mm. or made sure that that person did not end up in hospital or maybe gave the environment a better chance mm. after everything that we've been doing onto it. So yeah, I, I see that point where you're, you know, if nothing goes right, the fact that you know that you have helped 30 girls or, you know, we've planted a few trees, we know that, you know, something something came out of it and that's what yeah. pushes me and my team ahead as well. And I think we all need to do our little bit. We don't have to be, we can just be doing a little bit that resonates. Some people, like my daughter, my middle child, Isabella, she's, I'm sure she's going to grow up and be a marine biologist. She wants to save the dolphins and the whales and the coral and the, you know, that's just who she is. And I think we all get these little, these little exciting feelings. Like for my husband and I, we mainly um, do a lot of human trafficking and women and children and rescuing and things like that. That's something that, that we, that's on our heart. And I think if you just sit quietly and think, what really pushes your button? Maybe it's environment. You're doing everything. <laughs> or maybe it's a little bit of everything or it's some, a little passion project. But I think that alone uh, will nurture your soul and give you so much joy than you're even giving. And because we've always been patient-focused, not money-focused, and because we've always given, even I had a lady the other day, what's your marketing budget? I'm like, well, we don't really do marketing. <laughs> <I didn't think> <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's your PR spend? I'm like, oh. We don't really do it um, because we're just so so focused on our clients and then they tell someone and tell someone and then that could be someone quite influential or not. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I don't really have a marketing spend. But if we just have that heart, I think that's the way the universe works, that it just everything kind of flows mm -hmm. and you don't really have to worry. I'm, I'm not against marketing PR, believe me. I mean, I think it's wonderful, but... Uh, and everyone, every business is different. So you mm -hmm. do what's right for your business. But I think for us, because we've always grown the business for over 20 years organically, we didn't really have to worry about that. And I think because we have a generous life, mm -hmm. what is that phrase? The life of the generous gets larger and larger. I yep. just think if you have an open hand, mm -hmm. universe knows it can trust you and then more comes and I don't know. It just yep. seems to all work together. Yeah, I mean, Nothing been, can be lost, hey? When you look at, ancient scriptures for thousands of years across different continents. One, one of the most common things that all of these cultures would say is like, do something, don't expect results, but you should know that results will come. Mm. The moment you focus on a lot of attention and energy, that's the time you start repelling it. But the moment you just don't worry about it and just do the best job that you could do, yeah. things start flowing towards you. Yeah. Also because you get into, I think, one part of it is because you don't get into this very analytical sort of worrying frequency or vibration. Mm, a low just, vibe. <laughs> yeah. So you just let it go and Take then your things, hands off the yeah, wheel. <laughs> and then things come to you. Yeah. But you mentioned about these seven pillars and they're all interesting, but I would like to touch up on two because I think one of the two of these caught my attention because most people will relate to it. So you mentioned every morning, just to go to work, women have to use or they put some cream or deodorant or something, and they have 500 chemicals coming into their body. Now, I would say that these days, 
maybe men are getting about 300 or 350 oh, because sure. <laughs> a lot of men are now using a lot of these uh, you know hair waxes and gels and perfumes and colognes and um, deodorants so and for some reason i hope i am wrong but i know that this part of the world still doesn't understand the impact of environmental toxins especially from household things even cleaning detergents yeah. um how you wipe your floor and all the chemicals like oh, a, yeah especially after covid the whole yeah. house became bleach and dental you exactly. know and the hand pumps and the wipes and the yeah so i think we have to remember Step one, you have your own microbiome and your home has a microbiome. That's why I love the fact that you have a pet. I've got three kids, three dogs. It's all good microbiome. So I think having plants, you know, um, we do need to understand that and we can't bleach the, you know, we can leave our shoes at the door, that's wise. Um, But we can't over cleanse and, and our homes. And using more anything that says on it, Earth's choice or something like that, if it's even if you don't know if it's going to be a, a good product, if it says it's gentle on the environment, for sure it's gentle on you. So that's always good because people are like, oh, my gosh, I'm not quite sure what to buy. So there is one called Earth's Choice that I used to buy here in the UAE. Uh, I still do buy and if I'm in Australia as well. Um, but I think definitely looking at what you're washing your clothes with, Dry cleaning. Oh, my goodness gracious me. That is toxic overload. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't know about that. Yeah. So, because they just bombard with chemical. Uh huh. Got it. Yeah. And you can smell it, hey, when you go past the dry cleaning. You always think to myself, oh, I always pray for the people working in there. I'm like, please protect the people in the dry cleaning centers. Um, So, things like dry cleaning. um, Of course, what you use on your skin. And for women, for breast cancer, I mean, just high street brands of deodorant that totally blocks our lymph nodes and it happens with men as well. So just using a rock sole or using something organic, it'll be trial and error because we all, you know, perspire differently. But I do believe that you can, yeah, and a lot of people here, particularly, you know, they're high in hygiene, which is beautiful, and they're always well-groomed and manicured, which is, you know, really lovely to see. But we need to think, even if you're in the spinnies and you're looking for shampoo, there's the herbal essences, which says no PBAs, dogs, and mm. you can now get things at your regular supermarket, which is natural for the home, natural for you. You don't have to go online and spend crazy money. You can actually buy in your supermarket. There's another awesome place, which we even stock our Rejuve line, Organic Foods and Cafe. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a good one. Wow. I mean, I go in there and I just feel healthier. I go in and I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm so happy I'm here. Um, so there's lots of places like that. Um, well, actually, there aren't many places, but they have many locations. So mm. there's lots of locations of organic foods and cafe, as well as I said, you know, most supermarkets. Carrefour has the most amazing mm. natural home care and natural skincare section, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, compared to when we first moved here nine years ago, I'm mm. like Carrefour. Check out the Carrefour. Yeah. You know, it was always at Spinney's or Waitrose. So now I think, you know, the everyday, the Lulu, everyone's waking up and yeah. understanding. I think it's just the economics of demand and supply. The more and more mm. people start. And here's where people like yourself play such an important role. Because when you're telling the world that these are the chemicals that are coming on, that sparks this curiosity and this 
whole journey of people trying to heal themselves and they're like yeah. okay i'm not going to have this aluminium based and you know have paraffins and on your children these. i mean it's extraordinary the exposure to our children and particularly in this region which is quite alarming is that girls are getting their periods younger and younger like i'm talking 8 and 9 it's unheard of mm -hmm. and you have two biomarkers here particularly so a lot of the local community loves to eat meat and chicken i'm not vegan i'm not saying don't eat meat and chicken you choose what works for you um but we do need to look at being organic because the hormones the pesticides the antibiotics not only for us but for our children um for men giving man boobs mm -hmm. so many men have breasts now yeah. it's extraordinary it's often from the hormone in our um and this is a serious condition, guys. Like there's yeah. gynecomastia, right? Yeah. So there is a term for it as well. It's not just that happens in some regions. It happens everywhere. And your fertility and your yeah. libido and all your va-va-voom just wanting to go out there and dun, 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 be Tarzan mm -hmm. because that's what why you have testosterone. You're not mm -hmm. meant to have high estrogen. Mm -hmm. It's just not who you're supposed to be as men. And I think also what we're putting on our skin access hormone disruptors so yep. for men and women um, from libido fertility cancer you name it um, and then for our children uh, and and even for a lot of um, even for my daughter when we moved we, we've been in Australia temporarily as I said my best friend died and my husband's best friend with her husband so we're down there for a while at the moment supporting the family and um, with all that change and moving down there my youngest daughter is only 11 and uh, she started to show with her period. And I'm like, mm -hmm. not today, sweetheart. Yeah. So I put her on my herbs. And if you, anyone wants to email in, please, that I can mm -hmm. share what the protocol I used. But only natural. I balance out her blood sugar levels because the higher the blood sugar levels, the more your estrogen gets surged, even as little girls. So there's so many things we could do. Our girls don't have to have early periods. Mm -hmm. It's not just because the world is changing. I hear that all the time. No, the world is changing because it's more toxic. It doesn't mean your child has to be more toxic and change with the world. You can choose to reset things. So I balanced her blood sugar levels. I supported her gut. She had a few parasites. I cleaned that out. I just did a full analysis on her. It wasn't overly complicated. It was like mm. a bit of gut support, blood sugar regulation, tweaked her diet a bit, and I put her on some of my herbs to balance her hormones, and then she hasn't had a period since. And I'm not saying that we – then stop the period, but mm -hmm. now she's she's got rid of those um, phytoestrogens which had high exposure to here um, because it's just it was hard to get organic many mm -hmm. years ago when we first moved here. Really, it was super hard. So I just you know um, got rid of all those excessive fake hormones, and then now they're out. She'll get her period whenever she's meant to get a period. Yeah. But she won't have to be suffering and having her period at such a young age when it was just premature from the environment, not mm -hmm. because she was designed to get her period mm -hmm. 10, turning 11. And it's it's great that you mentioned that a lot of people would just tell you that this is how the world is going. And this is so funny because everyone's argument will always be like, oh, this is what's happening around me. But because everyone's just going through this complete craziness, it's like you're in a mental hospital. Yeah. Everyone around you is okay, but it's only the doctor that's crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> it's <laughs> Yeah, you know, everyone's normalizing the crazy. Exactly. So it's just kind of like since why why are we all saying and even I was I was talking to a, one of the school moms she's like, "Oh yeah, that's normal now." Girls and I'm like, "No, uh, no. It's not. 
Evolution hasn't uh, designed us to be this no, way. No, it's just because of all of our foods covered in plastics. It's hard to even buy lettuce. I love even here buying all the things from Oman full of sand, mm. you know, when it comes to leaves and things like that. You know, I'm just like the, the more dirt, the better yeah. <laughs> and not in plastic. But almost everything from people giving, you know, cutting up and eating sliced pineapple already cut in a plastic wrap. I'm mm. like, the banana, no. banana is covered in a plastic wrap. <laughs> I'm just like, what the heck? So, yeah, trying to reduce our plastics, trying to get some good clean water filtration systems, which I'm sure you have, um, and just really reducing our plastic exposure, reducing our toxic load on our skin, cleaning up our diet. And if it's too expensive for you to choose organic meat and chicken, eat less of it. Mm -hmm. Have more wild fish. Have some organic eggs and then rotate in when you can. Uh, As I said, we're not anti the animals, but Mm -hmm. we just need better quality to reduce the impact. One more thing on the um, early early period in women. This is now a problem all around the world. And one of some of the research that I've been seeing is tying it back to our circadian rhythms. So mm-hmm. there are antibiotics and all these growth factors that have been injected into animals and the plants and glyphosate and all of those things. Oh, yeah. But there's also one more thing or two more factors rather that I consider to be um, playing equally as a role in all of the, in the equation. One of it is blue light exposure Mm. because the amount of time, 90% of us are spending 90% of our times indoors. And most of us are not able to access the natural light, whether it's coming from your windows or wherever, and we're not Mm. out enough to embrace that light. Mm. We also have in younger people, more culture of TikToks and Instagram and looking at your phone and looking at a computer screen and all of that stuff. So that by itself has accelerated a lot. The night culture has accelerated. And especially in this part of the world where most of the things happen in the night. Yeah. (laughs) It's like they're nocturnal. We're always leaving them all. They're arriving. I'm kind of like, uh, you know, like the, ooh, ooh, they're like a little owl. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that? <laughs> so if you guys are logging in from different parts of the world, you must know that in Dubai, it's normal to have a, um, going into a coffee shop or passing by a coffee shop at 9 p.m. and people just coming in to order coffees. Yeah, that that's Dubai for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's the blue light exposure that disrupts circadian rhythms, which enhances or decreases melatonin secretion, and then yeah. it overflows in other parts. And then there is the high EMF, oh, which yeah. also is quite responsible for a lot of biological, physiological, even psychological changes, I would argue. Yeah. Yeah. But um, okay, so we spoke about environment and then let's talk about sleep because this is another problem that a lot of people in metropolitan cities have because we're always rushing. We're always in either in traffic or life is very, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say most of our dopamine dopaminergic systems have been activated, but we're always about moving and achieving and stress and repeat. And life is always in the fast lane. And that doesn't allow people to sleep or relax or, you know, kind of calm down. So in your seven pillars of wellness, give us a few hacks around sleep. Yeah. So sleep is my most difficult pillar. Mm -hmm. It's something that I, all the other pillars, um, Uh, I have hit a natural flow, but sleep, I still have to be really tough on myself. I'm over 50. I have high energy. I have international business, three kids. Uh, I'm blessed that I've 
my foundation of my health on my biological age is 34. Amazing. <laughs> so I feel in my 30s. Um, so I naturally have high energy, high energy. So I can just start doing a project or doing a download or writing a book or something in, you know, in the, in, in the, in the late, you know, kind of before midnight. But I've had to get tough on myself with that. So I'm, that's one of my biggest pillars because I, I'm not naturally a big sleeper and I don't need as much sleep as other people, but I really – really force myself to do that because if I don't, then my husband calls it giving myself empty. Like once a year I hit the wall. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm crying. I mean, I'm, 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 oh, my life is so hard. And he's like, you've lotus. just given yourself empty yeah. again every year. And he's like, it's good. You only get upset once a year. You're, you're a good wife. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a good fact record because for most people, I think <laughs> – Going, I mean, I speak to a lot of people and they tell me from every alternative week they'll have this sort of a breakdown. Because <laughs> not when you when you look at it, like sleep is the foundation on which every other, I would even say pillar is based on. Absolutely. Uh, some people are lucky, like yourself, you can get away with less sleep. But like if you're listening to this, you need to understand that there are very few people like that in the world who can get away from it. And most likely it's not you. So make sure you sleep well and take every effort that you can do to, you know, have a good sleep. Yeah. So I think the main hacks are definitely at least an hour before midnight because it's worth two hours after. And we know that all of our organs are on a Chinese time clock. So if you don't get to bed before midnight, every single organ will then domino onto each other. And then by the time we get through to the liver or to the lung in the early hours, the liver and the lung won't have their moment. And then you're in a real pickle because you've promoted your immune system, your detox pathways, your body's fighting cancer and disease from kids to adults every single day. Your body needs the capacity to be able to heal itself on a daily basis. And I feel sleep was only invented because you need to detox from the day you just had. You have to empty the cup. So um, definitely getting a bit tough with yourself. I get off blue light an hour before bed. I try to make that when I'm at home, it's, it's, uh, it's much, much better because I'll finish treating patients and then I'll make sure we eat together as a family and then we'll often we play cards or Uno with mm-hmm. geeks and we turn I off the it. Wi-Fi <laughs> and we laugh our heads off or we do funny things or dance competitions around the house, but we get off the Wi-Fi and we always sleep definitely turn the Wi-Fi off at the main source of the house so the whole house is off when you sleep. Mm -hmm. So in bed before midnight, at least an hour. If you can, get off blue light as soon as possible, but worst case, an hour before and start a wind-down routine. Um, Also uh, with the Wi-Fi. And also I developed a little wind-down routine for myself that I was used to be quite good at pulling apart my day of things I hadn't done well and what I, oh, my gosh, I still didn't do that email. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, the Spanish group are going to be, you know. So I just thought instead of pulling apart my day and being really unkind to myself for what I haven't achieved, I decided that my to-do list is a rolling list. She'll never be empty. Mm -hmm. She'll never be clear. So she's always going to be rolling. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to have any pressure about emptying the list. And then instead of pulling apart what I didn't get done, I do a little celebration journal. I do this with my children as well. You can write it down. You can think it. I don't always write. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Often I just lay there and think about it while I'm in bed. Mm-hmm. So whatever works for you, I don't want to over, it's nothing worse than having more things to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just to practice and thinking about it. And I think about what I did well. Even if it's just nailing your water, even if it's just, oh my gosh, I did get off the blue light or mm-hmm. I didn't shout at my kids or I was able to 
you know, really encourage this person or what have you. So think about what you did well and also just think about maybe some good things that happened to you in the day. Often we're so busy at, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I can't, you know, can't pay the mortgage or whatever. Okay, what oh, what was something really lovely that happened so to you So celebrate today? your successes. Yeah, so celebrate your successes and also start to look around of beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Notice the beauty around you and start to see some good things that actually came into your life instead of going, oh, well, that was only, you know, 100 dirham. Oh, my gosh, 100 dirham. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So it's a matter of just really celebrating all small wins and but also noticing the little things and being in that, yes, being grateful. I love gratitude, but taking a little bit of a step further to notice maybe the universe you know, beautiful little things happening and things you're doing, you know, I think just opening your mind a bit like that. And then just practical things like, you know, you don't want to have a huge cup of herbal teas before you go to bed Mm -hmm. because you have to wake up and pee. It's just annoying. Um, So if you need to have your herbal tea and you know you're not a good sleeper, have the herbal tea with your main meal. And don't be eating huge raw salads for supper. Mm-hmm. Because in Chinese medicine, we are in Ayurvedic medicine often, uh, we often say nothing raw after four. I'm not saying don't eat salads for supper, but if you're going to have a salad in the evening, have it also with some soup, have it with a little bit of herbal tea. It's not good to have a completely cold, raw meal at night. It doesn't mm-hmm. support the digestive system. Mm-hmm. So leaving three hours between eating and sleeping, preferably something warm or salad and warm and cool, like a side mm-hmm. salad versus a mega salad. Mm-hmm. So giving your digestive system a chance to um, to, to already function and your gut to be emptying so you're not digesting all night. Mm-hmm. So um, so looking to seeing what you eat, having something warm, having the herbal tea but not gallons before you sleep. And, um, and then, as I said, thinking about something you did well that day and just kind of like, oh. Amazing. You know, because it's like pushing reset on your nervous system because otherwise you're constantly on the hamster wheel of life. And whenever I treat a patient, one of the first things I do, is I ask them, what is the name of one of your best friends? Like what's the name of one of your best friends? Sunil. Sunil? Sunil, yeah. Sunil, okay. So what you want to do is you want to always be analyzing your brain as to how Sunil would talk to you, mm-hmm. okay? So you're kind of like always kind of doing a bit of a recce. Oh, well, that was mm-hmm. a bit unkind. Sunil would never say that to me or I'd yeah. never say that to Sunil. Mm-hmm. So it's always um, – and these little things can either leave us on the hamster wheel all day in fight-or-flight emergency mode or if we create something um, for like your own, like CJ's Healing Island – if you start your day with a bit of breath and connecting with you on your island and, and you think and feel all is well, then every time you feel yourself going into the fight or flight hamster wheel, think, I've got a choice. Mm-hmm. Burn the wheel. Yep. I often say to my patients, burn the wheel. Burn, <laughs> burn the, the wheel. wheel. <laughs> <laughs> so we burn the wheel and we go, no, I'm going to choose to come back onto the island. Yep. I'm going to take a breath. And I always teach my patients to learn to purr. So you have a trigger, you simply pause. Mm-hmm. <sighs> exhale, and then you respond. What would Sunil say to me right now? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be saying this, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So we have these triggers. So I think that really helps you sleep better because your whole day you've produced less cortisol, less adrenaline, less fight or flight. So if we could just have these little nuggets during the day of always just kind of checking in with ourselves and seeing if we're on the wheel, how much time we're spending on the wheel. You know, we're all going to do a bit of the wheel, mm-hmm. but we don't need to pitch a tent to be on the wheel all day 24-7. And if we're just mindful of that, that has a huge impact of whether we can wind down in the evening and we can get to bed before midnight. It's it's uh, very helpful because once I was trying to do this strategy where um, a lot of people would tell me, oh, I've got so many problems in my life. I've got so many problems in my life. All right. 
I was like, okay, perfect. Take a paper and pen. <laughs> and for the next hour, start writing all your problems. Yeah. And you'd see around minute four or five, <laughs> people are already done. Yeah. And they cannot think of more problems. Yeah. I'm like, you've been talking about this for years that you have so many problems and you know, you're so busy, but you're not busy. You're just preoccupied. There's mm. a difference between being preoccupied and being busy. But once you write all of that down, then you start to wonder, okay, my, my imagination of my problems is much bigger than the reality of the yeah, problems itself. Amplification. <laughs> exactly. We're just amplifying it. But then what I also started doing was to give myself, I don't do it anymore, but like I used to give myself about two minutes in the entire day to put all of my worries and problems and all those things. Because if I structurally do it right, I can address all of those. And every time there would be like, I would get on the wheel. I'm like, oh no, the schedule time for this is 2 p.m. <laughs> and I would be like, okay, perfect. I'm going to keep it there and let's see. And then when I would start to review it, yeah, sometimes it would go to three or four minutes. But most of the times, yeah, I knew that there was an assigned time for it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to worry about it right now. And I didn't want to, I mean, sometimes, yeah, some triggers will get you. But sure. if you could do it 80% of the time, why not? Right? Yeah, yeah. And often I'd also get to do an exercise with my clients be it because they are in the land of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. That's the main word I've heard all year from my clients. They're just feeling overwhelmed. Everything's going faster. They just can't get their head above water. And so what I've been doing with myself back many years ago and part of our mindfulness with our seven pillars, and I still do it to this day, probably doing it for like at least 15, 20 years, is you have get a piece of paper, put a line down the middle, things I can change, things I can't change. Mm-hmm. Get busy with the things you can. If you don't like those things, outsource and pay someone or delegate or whatever or do the things you can. And then things you can't change, give it back to universe, give it back to the aloe vera plant, Mm -hmm. give it back to anything, but Mm -hmm. just take it off your shoulders. Don't give it to yourself. It's not yours to carry. In fact, um, it's I love that phrase whenever I thought about that many years ago and I still use it. It's none of your business actually. All that stuff that's out of your control is none of your business. So I say that to everybody. You're not supposed to be carrying it. Mm-hmm. If it's meant to be in your control, it should be in your control. Yeah. If it's not in your control, there's a reason for that. And you're just going to waste so much of time, energy, and you know, you might even become sicker on trying to control something that you can because your just body is using on so the much hamster energy. wheel exactly. you're stuck on the wheel worrying about things which are out of your control i mean of course there's you know certain things like when i had the you know, domestic violence and things like that which you need to kind of um it kind of feels out of your control you need help with i'm not talking about things like that i'm just talking about you know will you ever find your soulmate mm-hmm. will you ever own your house um you know will this job be a long term or short term uh, I, I don't know all the big things of life um which we can just say you know what I'm just going to trust. I'm just yeah. going to believe it's all going to be good. Just be in the moment and we'll yeah. see where it goes. That's only existing yesterday. And if we really think about it, not, not many of us, thank God, our life is not in danger each mm. day, but our body reacts as though it is. That's the fight or flight mechanism, kill the tiger around the tree. Mm. So, but we're living as if our life is in danger. There's someone coming through with a machete into mm. our house. So we need to really calm down the crazy Mm -hmm. and we need to kind of go, okay, my life's not in danger. Fine. Okay. I'm just, that's none of my business. I'm going to believe, I'm going to just take my hands off the wheel and believe that's going to be great. Mm -hmm. And then you raise your vibe, hey? And then because you're at a higher vibe, guess what? Here comes your soulmate. Here comes your whatever. Here comes the business opportunity. Here comes because you're like, you know, you're not 
squeezing the life out of it. Yeah, you're not stuck in survival <laughs> and thinking and anyways. Burn the wheel. Burn the wheel. <laughs> this is going to be our motto today. Burn the wheel, guys. And if you're listening to this, sing it to yourself. Yeah. Now let's, you mentioned cancer briefly. Yes. And what we haven't told the audience yet that you were able to reverse yes. your cancer. Can you talk to us about that? Because that's an Yeah, I was story. even talking to a patient in Egypt yesterday and she's a medical doctor and she's on the cancer journey and she said, but... But how? Like how? Uh, no, you, you can't. You can't clear the tumor. And I said, "Let me ask you a question. If your body knew how to create the tumor, mm -hmm. why do you think it's not intelligent enough to dissolve the tumor? It got all the ingredients to make a cake. Your lifestyle turned the oven on. Mm -hmm. You know, because as we know from Dr. Bruce Lipton uh, with epigenetics." We don't have to become our parents. What we think, what we feel, what we do, and lifestyle choices either allow those genes to manifest or not. That puts us massively back in the driver's seat. So she was just, I could see her brain was just, she's like, oh, my God. I said, if you know how to drive into a one-way street, do you have reverse on your car? Yeah. Well, you don't know how to reverse out of the cul-de-sac? Mm -hmm. Oh. She'd never, ever thought about her body's own natural healing ability. So, uh, so yeah, so when I obviously told her I was never going to get married and uh, then I met my husband who's South African and he's delightful. He's just absolutely opposite. In fact, the first two, two years of my marriage, I woke up with nightmares and he'd hold me thinking I'd married the wrong person. And then he'd be like, it's me, it's me, it's me. And I'm like, oh. Anyway, so, so first of all, I had the infertility. Mm -hmm. So I went through all of that and then we had three kids naturally. They told me I'd never have children after, you know, the, the violent exit of, from my ex. So that was exciting. And, but then years later, um, I, um, had breast cancer, developed a breast cancer lump in Abu Dhabi actually. And as soon as it came, I, I, I wasn't scared. I was kind of like, oh yeah, that makes sense because, I've balanced my seven pillars. I'm being mindful. Okay, that's great. But I never rolled up my sleeves and emptied my basement. I always used to joke and say mm -hmm. emptied into my marriage with seven DHL trucks of trauma. <laughs> and my husband came in with an overnight bag, you know, yeah. over his shoulder, a little backpack and a trauma <laughs> like, you know, one little bag. And so, and I didn't do this on purpose. I'm just to kind of suck it up, get on with it, mm -hmm. type of a girl. I just moved to London. I was so grateful to be alive. Um, and then ended up meeting my husband, so blessed to have these children, so blessed to my husband was offered to open spinal rehab centers here in Abu Dhabi. Mm -hmm. It was just, wow. I mean, UAE was just, has been life-changing for us. My husband had depression and anxiety in London and it was just, I think it saved him. So coming to the UAE is just, yeah, it's just, it's, it always feels like, still feels like home because it was something so beautiful for us. So by the time we got here, it was probably in the right space. That when I had the breast cancer lump, it was a bit like, oh, okay, that all makes sense. And I now need to do the work. So I went to um, an oncologist at Royal MC Hospital in Abu Dhabi. And, uh, and I said to the doctor, she's like, okay, she, and you know what it's like with medical insurance here. Mm -hmm. And my husband was working in a very big hospital in Bajil. So we had the VVIP service, you know, every single test and MRI. And she really went the nine yards because we have very good insurance, mm -hmm. which is such a blessing in this country. So she had got me tested and she's like, okay, um, it's summer holidays. I'll be traveling. I'll see you in September. Chemo, radio, surgery, bish bash, we'll do the plan. But enjoy your summer holidays. See you in three months. 
And I said, okay, um, but may, who knows if I'm going to need treatment by then. She patted me. You will. See you. <laughs> Yalla. See you. <laughs> see you in three months. And, uh, and then I went back and I, so I did all my protocols. I really ramped up all of my energetic healing and all the, you know, the equipment and the fire infrared saunas and oxygen therapy and my rife machine, everything that I was already doing with other patients and with the therisage, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the tech that you similar tech that you use, which is amazing. I uh, read light therapy, et cetera. And, um, and I was already off to the US to pick up some other equipment for another patient I was treating. So I'm like, well, I'm also going to go and see my two mentors in the US who are the best. Used to be oncologists, now they do natural medicine. I'm like, this is perfect timing. If I'm ever going to get a breast lump, this is where the universe has gone, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, you will probably book this ticket six months before. But while I was going now, I was going for myself and for this patient. Anyway, cut a long story short, I did the work. You know, I um, I went back, I did inner child work. I just, I, I, I rolled up my sleeves and I took ownership of the abuse and I went into those really dark, painful places. I didn't not go there on purpose. I just didn't think about it. But I went in and I realized there was still a lot of guilt and condemnation and shame and self-loathing and all sorts of stuff that I had, unforgiveness for myself. Oh, my gosh, that was huge. You know, when I did my biofeedback scan and Zytos that I do, when I did that with Dr. Michael, I'm like, I deserve to be well. Ta-da. I deserve to die. Ta-da. All mm-hmm. these things with these limiting beliefs. And I'm like, what? You know, my, so my conscious brain was like, oh, my gosh, I have young children. I deserve to be here. But all of my subconscious was saying, you deserve to die. You don't deserve to be well. You deserve to be sick. You deserve to die a ho- horrible, mm. lonely death, yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, gosh, okay. Let's Something needs to change. <laughs> so I did, you know, my 100-day, you know, the detox protocols, removed the heavy metals, uh, reset my hormones, healed my thyroid in the meantime because I thought, oh, well, hey, oh, let's do that as well. Did that. Um, did a lot of healing on my throat chakra as well because I couldn't ask for help because I just, um, yeah, my, my voice had been taken away from me. So I started to... I've got such a sweet husband. He's like, oh my gosh, ask me for help, you know. So I started to, you know, sit in that place and be vulnerable and to from energy healing to, I said, that my Rife machine to um, um, uh, doing this biofeedback and voice mapping with Zyto that we do. Um, yeah, I just decided to, you know, bring about the healing and to get my conscious and subconscious brain to go team Simi, my nickname mm-hmm. is Simi. So do um, to to yeah to roll up my sleeves and do the work. So yes, I was eating clean. I wasn't perfect, but you don't have to be. But that trauma was stuck in my body, and I believed I deserved to die. Mm. Sounds crazy, but that's what my subconscious belief was. So I cleared all of that, and I did the physical detox, and I renewed my mind, and I connected with Source, and I you know I I did it all. Uh, and, um, and on the right-hand side, often they say left-hand side female, right-hand side male. So right-hand side, my jaw had been dislocated a lot. So there was a big relationship with my teeth, mm-hmm. my jaw, the right side of my breast, all of this area. I still actually have a crossbite. I was up in Abu Dhabi trying to work on that last, last week. Uh, so my teeth are still suffering a bit with bone loss and stuff. Um, but I had ozone injected into the ganglia of my face. Like I, mm-hmm. I went there. You know, I kind of took a step back and I'm like, okay, let's map this out. So it's quite complicated if you don't know what you're doing. But for me, I've been doing this for 25 years. So I just stepped back, 
the, the pathways. My mentors were amazing. Your and helped support me. network was amazing. And then now I developed a protocol in that because I knew the science. I married it together. I had amazing mentors. I walked the road and then I was able to put it together. Everyone's healing journey for cancer and everything else would be unique. But once again, if we look at those main seven pillars, if we look to see, you know, what we need to do to clear out the toxic load or the trauma, then we, every, we can create your bespoke healing code. That's amazing. That's amazing because like one of those doctors that you mentioned, a lot of people <laughs> in all over the world now, they think that, you know, if you get to a cancer situation, then that's irreversible. You have to, it has to be with you for your life and it's going to take your life. Yeah. But what you're saying is it's, and it's not a case study, right? It's something that you've, it's your own experience. This is something that you've seen. And I know hundreds of case studies out there that have experienced the same as well. Yeah. But your approach is so unique because you were already into the nutrition, into using biohacking tools like rife yeah. frequencies yeah. and um, all of these other protocols. So this is fantastic. Like this is what I wanted the listeners to know about because if someone comes and tells you that, you know, your life will depend on how many chemo sessions you need. I'm not a doctor, but if you ask me, I would say that before getting any chemo, I would go out there and find experts like Simone and others out there and try my best to look at natural means. And natural doesn't really mean that we're going to stuff some herbs down your throat. Natural means getting back to what the human body was always meant to do in an environment that a human body was always meant to be. Mm. And thinking or having the right kind of emotions, because just like her, you might have some emotional distress that doesn't even come to your conscious mind. And that's deep, deep down. It could be, sometimes it could be from past lives. It could be multi-generational. Now science yeah. shows us that there's something called as multi-generational trauma. For sure. Which in your life, you would never be exposed to that, but there's something that exists. So it's always good to kind of explore that. Yeah. And then I did that as well. Yeah. You had to, you have to look at all the layers. Whether you believe it's past life or generational, whether it's just come through your parents or was a past life you went through, it doesn't matter. You, it's out there. You need to clean it up. Doesn't matter how you pigeonhole it in your brain as to what your belief is, it doesn't matter. You need to empty your cup. Mm -hmm. And you use the language that fits with you. We even have in our team with energy healers, it's not religious. It's about a matter of um, uh, balancing your energy field and whether you think it's past life or generational or just something that came in through your parents, it doesn't matter. We, we don't pigeonhole it or categorize it. Mm -hmm. We just like we know these shifts, these blockages need to be cleared. And however you want to rationalize that, whatever fits with your belief system, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I just want you to be well. So let's hoover and reset. And, <laughs> and I think we, what we need to encourage people to remember is that we are wired to be well. That's how our immune system even works. We're not wired to be sick. The body, I mean, I love even the phrase natural killer cells. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't you do like dun, 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 <laughs> the coming charge against a pathogen? I mean, that's what our white blood cells are for. So why... No war on cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, I, my mom said this to me and she's totally right. Cancer is a wonderful servant but a horrible master. Mm -hmm. 
you get ir- irritable bowel or eating disorders or trauma and bits and bobs, and that's a bit of a whisper. Then it becomes a shout, like cancer is like, hello, you're not listening to me. I'm suffering. Your body always has a way of showing you something. It's yeah. just we keep on ignoring it and we then say, it's, it's let's a take a Panadol, let's take whatever, and let's numb the pain yeah. instead of addressing it and yeah. seeing where it's coming from. I love so it. So it's cancer is just any disease, any trauma is is a lesson. And if, we, if we're teachable and we will put our big girl, big boy pants on and we'll take it, and we will sit with it and we'll wrestle with it and we let it teach us. And we, let, I mean, I was a complete workaholic. When I got the cancer, I was going back and forth from Abu Dhabi in London, three clinics in London. I was like spreading myself too thin. I had a young family. My husband was always like, we don't see you enough. You're a workaholic. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just, I just love what I do. But I'd convinced myself that because I was helping so many people, even my middle child again, my Isabella, she's like, Mama, how come you always have time to heal and be with everyone else but no time for us? And I was a bit like, oh. so you can also buy into the lie that you're doing good so it's okay that your family suffers mm-hmm. because I'm doing good. No, you're actually hurting your children. So when cancer came, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm totally to out down. of balance. I'm doing my green juice, I'm pesca vegan, I'm doing my exercise, I'm doing my Michaels, I'm connecting, connecting to spirit. Yes, you are, but your life is out of balance. So I had those seven pillars in place and that had helped me come out of that trauma. It helped me not fall apart or become an addict or become a, I don't know, what else. It allowed me to walk out my healing recovery, but I still had something to learn because I hadn't dealt with my trauma. And we just have to own our stuff. That's all. I love it. I love the the fact that you mentioned about balance because for me, and I'm sure you're somewhere <laughs> on that line, I've always been an extreme person. Yeah. And every time I remember my grandma telling me that she's no more, but when she was there, tell me that CJ, life doesn't have to be in the extremes. And I'm like, you're an old woman. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. And I want to do, you know, I'm either in or I'm completely there or I'm nowhere. Yeah, yeah. But then you also look at, you know, this kind of, And I would always think that, you know, life shouldn't be in a balance and balance is for losers or whatever. (laughs) But the more I grow and the more I learn and the more I observe, it goes back to what my grandma was teaching me. Or even if we take it, we rewind a few years, Mm. then, you know, Buddha always said, find the middle way. Love it. From Aristotle, he said, you know, between the vice of excess and the vice of deficiency, there's a virtuous mean. Mm-hmm. We have in the Vedic culture, Krishna, he said that eating too much, sleeping too much, doing something of too much is That's always it. not going to be working. There you, go. you have to find a balance in everything. Yeah. So I think if someone wants to take something from this episode, is apart from all the <laughs> nuggets that she gave us, is about try to bring some sort of a balance in your life and see where it takes you. Balance from thinking too much, balance from doing so much, Mm. even loving so much. We spoke about that. Give yourself enough time. But, you know, we can go for hours and hours. And I know (laughs) that um, we, and I'm sure we will do a part two to this. But before we end the interview today, I want to know from you, if you could rewind time. And you could go back to your younger self. Now, this has this could be at any age, and you. Sure. What would be that one piece of advice that you would give your younger self? I would definitely tell my younger self that I'm more than enough, mm-hmm. that I don't need approval addiction, 
that um, I'm perfect. That's one of the phrases when I wave my kids off to school. They're like, oh, my mom is so fluffy. Mm. I'm like, you're perfect the way you are, you know, or in the car and we do like mummy prayers, we do the bubble thing, we let go of the bat and, you know, <laughs> you know, <bring laughs> you know the, all the different things we do and, and, and declarations and affirmations in the car. I think it's um, that really, uh, you know, just speaking to my younger self, so pr- maybe or probably the one that was, you know, the obese child and then, you know, starving through um, high school and just never feeling good enough, which allowed me to put up with such a horrible relationship. Um, and, I, and, I, and I talk to her and I go back to her a lot. I have a photo of her on, in my office at home mm-hmm. and I'm often, and I have a photo of the young overweight one and the super skinny one in high school and I have a photo of each and I often just kind of go, I've got you girls, you know, and I, and I, even though the past is the past, I often connect to those girls and make sure they're healed and whole in me. And I think that would be the thing that, um, encouraging those girls that they are enough and they were perfect the way they are. And, uh, and that's what I try to instill into my children. All my kids are totally different. Like my son Mm. is over six foot bigger than my husband is 14. You know, my, middle daughter and then my younger daughter, they're, they're all completely different. Mm-hmm. And I just always make sure they can see the gold, you know, different talents, different skills. And I think that's what I would go back. And I think probably from that, if I knew that, and my parents weren't bad people, my dad was a workaholic and my mom was just busy with three kids. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that they didn't try to love me enough, but they had their own wounding and huge childhood traumas, horrific traumas, both my parents and, you know, parents dying early and things like that and being orphans. Um, so I think that's what, yeah, to just go back and say, you're, you're, you're enough. enough. You're enough. Just okay. as you are. Yeah. Amazing. And this, um, this is great for anyone who's listening. If you have a younger child or if you're at a stage in your life, these are magical words you are enough. You are enough in all of your capacity, in your in most imperfect ways, in your most perfect ways. Mm-hmm. So take this as a mantra every morning when you wake up, look at yourself, think of Simone and, <laughs> and say you're enough. So Simone, we didn't even get time to talk so much about your amazing company, Rejuve, but I'm sure we'll do another episode. Um, for now, if someone wants to get in touch with you, if they want to explore all the done for you, you know, male support and immune boost and, you know, toxic load, all of these fantastic, I would say like recipes that you've put, because I have one of your products, I have a few of your products here. I'm just going to just show this on camera. It's got a amazing packaging. And as well, now when I look at, cause I'm one of those people that some, when someone tells me this is for condition X my first reaction is turn the turn the thing and look at the ingredients label. And I've seen some of the ones that um, she has formulated and I can assure you guys it's well thought of and a lot of, it's a lot of attention to things which are in the literature and outside the literature. And that's how I know that someone's really gone that extra mile because it's very easy to make a generic supplement on liver <laughs> detox or immune function because the whole world is doing it and you can go to a compounding pharmacy or you can get someone to just copy and paste a formula. But when I see something different and before she even came in, I kept asking her, what is this for? And what is this for? <laughs> That's when I know someone's paid that extra attention, looked into the literature. So I would encourage you guys to go to Rejuve Wellness. 
um, website so would be? Yeah, so in the UAE, well, we have two websites. We've got rejuve.ae, so R-E-J-U-V.ae. And as I said, we're local. Do you buy local? They're here in our warehouse, our highly air-conditioned warehouse, by the way. I often <laughs> pop in and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so chilly in here. So I'm often popping in to see Muhammad and the boys and making sure it's super cold because that's always the <laughs> you t- spend your heart, you know, so many years of your life creating a, a whole food plant-based supplement and then it's in a hot warehouse. I'm like, are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Yeah, so um, so we're local. There's no big fees. Same day, next day, Aramex delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, your the prices here are identical to London. So we had they're made in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have absorbed the cost of getting it to the UAE, and you just simply you pay your local delivery. So that's part of our promise, you know, because obviously the UAE is home to us. So yeah, rejuve.ae. We can also share my Instagram, you know, rejuve wellness mm-hmm. on Instagram. And you know, my name is a bit more complicated. But you can find rejuve underscore wellness on we'll Instagram. We'll put the details there. We'll put the details in the show notes so you guys can see it. And yeah. um, of course, this episode is going to be released later, but a lot of people who will go to my stories today will be able to <laughs> see what we are up to. Yeah, and we can, as I said, on there, we can, in the show notes, just give you the link uh, on our website for the free quiz. You know, there's three solutions. We can either, you know, take the quiz for free and then just get going. Mm-hmm. You can look at our plant-based supplements with specific goals and maybe marry in a urine test. They're only 250 dirham for two tests. Mm-hmm. Brill at home, quick, fast, you know, turnaround. Or you can book in for an appointment um, with myself or one of my team. But, you know, Getting the pack, doing the urine test, doing a free quiz. I mean, majority of people. To your house, yeah. Yeah, majority of people can just be offered racing with that and without even having to have a big investment. So I think that's the heartbeat behind Rejuve as well. We just want to help, you know, save us and help as many people as we can. And I really appreciate that. And thank you so much for doing all the great work that you've thank been you. doing to share this story of yours that is inspiring and i'm sure a lot of people can connect to this in different parts of their life and thank you for being that role model for us in which we can see hope Mm. and um yeah thank you for coming and thanks i'm grateful to be connected to you yeah what a blessing this uh this trip has been so so yeah i can't wait to you know hear more about all of your tech as well i'm just i was a bit blown away by all of your tech so if you haven't seen CJ's tech, you got to have a look. So yeah, just Thank wanted you. to honor you as well and, and your walk and your footprint on this planet. You're just, you're a world changer. Thank you. And this is me, CJ, signing out from the Shift with CJ podcast. Everyone have a great day, a great week, a great month, a great year, a great <laughs> lifetime. And remember, you are enough. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.